Welcome back to The Conservatine. I'm your host, Chase Levitt, and today I am joined by a very special guest. Thank you so much, Victor Marks, for joining me today. This is this is a pleasure. Well, Chase, I'm honored and humbled to be on your program. Thank you. My first question for you is I just want to ask you to take a couple minutes to kind of tell the audience who you are, what you do, what your story is, just stuff along those lines. Yeah, I think that's great because it'll provide context for whatever we're discussing today, but I came from a, uh, a troubled childhood, and my mother was married six times. I went to 14 schools, lived in 17 different houses. I was abused as a kid and uh, tortured, and I was left for dead at one point in a commercial cooler. So uh, statistically, I shouldn't have been able to survive some of the uh, trauma experience, both you know physically or uh, mentally, and I think because of God's grace alone. And then just something in me that said, don't ever give up. It's got to get better. Um, it's, it's why I've made it. So it did require 123 visits to a trauma specialist. I've been on Depakote, Depakine, Prozac, Zoloft, Lithium, Buspar, a bunch of others that weren't prescribed. Started doing drugs in the sixth grade. Uh, found an outlet as a young man, right about your age is when I started looking into the United States Marine Corps a long time ago. And um, gosh, 1983, the Beirut bombing happened. And uh, I thought that joining the Marines would be a way for me to direct some of my anger because of the injustices I experienced as a kid. The Marine Corps was good for me. And then when I got out, I actually had a martial arts career. Uh, but I did get born again as a Christian, which played such an incredible role uh, in forming my values and my my life's work, which is ministry called All Things Possible. We work as an NGO overseas, both in the Middle East, Southeast Asia, and other places. We're best known um, in this past decade for helping women and children recover from being held captive by ISIS and um, receiving trauma care. We still have a safe house currently in Iraq. Uh, I have 16 pumps with my team members into Iraq or Syria, again, over the last eight years now. And then we're very active here in the U.S. of trying to build uh, young men up to be what I would call dangerous gentlemen and then help people with their marriages and help veterans. And so we're, we're just, the easiest way I can tell people is this, we set captives free physically, emotionally, and spiritually. And there's, there's a whole lot that goes into that, but I hope that gives folks uh, an idea. Yeah. For one, I just want to thank you for your service in the, in the Marines. Appreciate um, that. Very grateful for that and and thank you for the work that you're doing with all things ministry and all of that it's it's so great what you're doing and your your story is so inspirational mm. and so many people can learn great things from it i want to ask you how is your story and your life experiences shaped who you are today well you know good or bad our experiences really do shape who we are i think the bad things i both experienced or things that uh that i've done that uh, you know, that I don't like 
or help me to understand what I don't want to do in the future. Right. Because yeah. <clears throat> it's easy to become a victim and have a victim mentality. And earlier in life, I, I did. I just, I thought the whole world owed me for my childhood. <clears throat> but then I realized I started making bad choices um, in, in certain areas. So that's why I needed God's grace. But then the good things I've learned out of it is, you know, resiliency, uh, that God redeems everything if a person's willing to allow them, uh, him to, to work in their life. So, yeah, I've, uh, from my bad experiences with bad parenting, I learned what I didn't want to be as a parent and certainly not a perfect parent, but my goodness, I, I was thankful to God. I didn't have to repeat the same thing for my five children. Yeah. Thanks for that answer. And I want to ask you more specifically, how has it shaped your Christian values, your faith, and how has it shaped your conservative values? Oh, that's a great question. Well, one, uh, the first book I ever read, Chase, was called The Cost of Discipleship. The first book I read uh, as a Christian, I had just given my life to Christ. I'm still in the Marine Corps, and somebody hands me a book called Cost of Discipleship by Dietrich Bonhoeffer, and he was a minister in Germany that ended up uh, dying for his faith. And he stood up against the tyranny of Hitler, and he was able to apply his faith with action, all based in love, in a way that he wanted to rightly protect his culture and people in the church from what we'd call the manifestation of evil. So that was the first book I ever read as a Christian, and I was ruined. Uh, Eric McTaxis is a friend of mine, and he redid a, a book on uh, uh it's, a, it's a great work on Dietrich Bonhoeffer and I encourage people to get that but yeah so I easily believe that our faith should always our faith and love should require some type of action based in love without that we're you know we're just trying to buy you know fire insurance and uh and it's a wasted life which I do believe being a Christian, we will endure suffering. We will have tribulations. It's it's what Christ told us to modify, uh, really modeled for us. The other thing is my conservative views. You know, I'm not a fan of Democrats or Republicans or independents. In, I, 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 in the sense of that one of those systems is going to save America. Uh, because people are all, you know, people are corrupt, uh, in every party. But currently, as I look at the Republican party, some of the leadership are very solid, very committed to the values I hold dear. And therefore I have to make a decision based on who do we put in leadership over us? And I don't, I'm not looking for a pastor to be in a political position over me. I have a pastor as a friend, right? Yeah. Uh, I don't, <clears throat> I'm looking for a leader who will do the right thing under great pressure uh, because it's the right thing to do. So yeah, I, I have conservative views that um, really differentiate me. And believe me, I've lost friendships over it. Um, and I just go, well, you know, that's the difference between me and you. I wouldn't end a friendship because of your belief system is different. 
uh, but you would because mine is. So that shows you what type of friends we really are. Right. And and that happens a lot nowadays. I mean, I've lost people specifically because of that. And like you said, that's the difference between some people is some people will simply just give up on you because of your beliefs and others like you and I, like, I'm not going to hate you because you believe something different than me. And so right. that's, it's kind of a hard thing for a lot of people right now. Yeah. Um, so I want to shift more kind of talking more just about the conservative values and what's going on in the country today. Yeah. Uh, we're at a point in time in our country where we are very weak and the structure is very weak. And all of that is really affecting people's lives. And specifically you had brought up, you want to try to make, you know, great gentlemen make men masculine basically. And right now men who are masculine, that is seen as toxic or right. Right. Or just all these types of things. So I want to ask you, how is that idea of men being mas- men being mas- masculine toxic? How is that idea affecting our country or future? And what can we do to change that? Yeah. Again, another great question, Chase. I would say this. There's an intentionality by rulers and leaders, uh, even people we don't see that are intentionally trying to weaken men in America. Uh, This isn't a conspiracy. This is based on facts, not assumptions, starting with the very fact, for many reasons, the testosterone levels in men has been dropping significantly. And for a man to be masculine, he requires testosterone in his system. Yeah. Um, And so that's one. Our foods, lifestyle. And even there are famous people saying that, you know, I think it was um, Cameron, the the, the famous director uh, uh, over Titanic. I believe he was the one that said, testosterone is bad for men. And we said, Lord, and I'm like, what in the world are you even talking about? Decreasing the hormones in men, that lowers masculinity. Then you have the messaging through social media. And here's what I believe. I believe our current state in America that we, if we don't still have it, we're losing it quickly. The ability for the United States to have the manpower to stand up against an invading army or to stand against a, 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 a tyrannical a very a tyranny of horrible leadership that would try to disarm us and take away our freedoms in ways that people can't even imagine. So that's not that's not some far off thing. It's it's happening. That's why I believe it's important for us to you know get back to the basics of just you know. And it's not knuckle dragging men. I know some masculine men that play flute, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, That are amazing in the areas of the arts, uh, but yet their conviction is so strong. Their backbones are made, you know, and uh, they will stand in the gap for what's right regardless. And I go, oh, that's a dangerous gentleman right there. 
Yeah, I want to ask you specifically, <clears throat> what advice do you have to young men in America right now? Yeah, um, I would say limit your intake of what you see on social media. One, stay away from pornography because pornography actually will, I mean, that decreases your manhood. It's its the opposite of what people think. But, you know, you lose self-discipline, control, pleasure becomes your number one thing, and you live in a fantasy world. It's like, and then you also don't need, uh, some people, young men are getting to a place where they don't need or want a relationship with a girl. Yeah. It's like, hey, hey, uh, having a physical drive for sexual intimacy is an incredible, great thing. And young men should have that. Uh, but the answer is to find a girlfriend, wait till you're married and get married and then right. have lots of children and practice in between having children, right? Enjoy the benefits of marriage, not because things get really squirrely and messed up before. So yeah, that's, I mean, that's two things right there. Reject passivity, uh, to be lazy, do hard things. Uh, you know, I mean, as simple as fixing your bed, taking the garbage out, um, showing initiative, helping a neighbor with something, do stuff to get you out of your, if you work a job, be early, stay late. You know, it's show that you're not there just for a paycheck, but you're to be a productive member of a team. And, uh, you know, enjoy and understand this is, believe me, enjoy and understand the word of God, because the scriptures make a difference because ultimately we're just in a spiritual battle. And one of the things I'm trying to teach, and we have a spiritual warfare series coming out. It's an eight part series. It's, it should be out within the month within a month is I teach people how to identify demonic strongholds and then destroy them, literally engage the demonic and destroy them because that's what's caused so much problems in our culture on the spiritual level. Yeah. Thank you for that answer. And I think that a lot of people, um, when I put this out there can hopefully take a lot from that and that advice. So thank you. And we're no longer in a battle between, you know, Republicans, Democrats, independents. We are simply in a battle between good and evil. Agreed. And so, and a lot of times people get discouraged thinking right. that evil is just, you know, attacking from every side, which it is, but yep. people discouraged and think there's nothing I can do about it. Yes. So I want to ask you, what do you say to those people? And what can we do to win this, this war between good and evil? Well, first to recognize it, just what you said, Chase, you have to recognize there's a war going on greater than just what you can see, right? Yeah. If you understand the highest level warfare and that it's being manifested in ideologies and messages and destruction of the family and breaking down the moral code, you go, well, this is a war. Second thing, um, I started in the Marine Corps and a very famous general, Chesty Puller, uh, he was in battle in Korea. They were surrounded by Chinese and a, a younger officer came up to him and he was struggling with fear. It, you know, they were battle worn, but he just goes, sir, they're everywhere. They're on every side of us. There's no way to get out of this. And I love Chesty Puller, this old leatherneck, thick skin Marine. He just said, well, young man, the enemy has made it easy for us. We can shoot in any direction and hit them. So 
or kill them. And that's 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 how I think we should look at it and go right now, things to be seem to be closing in, but that gives us an opportunity to be a light and engage wherever we are in our life, our culture, our space, and and look at it as it, it does you don't have to win certain small battles. You fight for them, but you just have to know we're gonna win the war. And that's what matters. Ultimately, a person's so and so. Scriptures say, don't get weary in well-doing. I have to say that to me. And trust me, there are times if I watch too much, we don't even have regular TV and all that. But if I watch too many negative things, you'll get, it, it will wear you out. So I limit the, even you'll see it on my social media. I'll post something so heavy and then I'll, you know, post a duck chick crawling in a dog's mouth and legs hanging out and the dog spits them out or whatever. Yeah. You know, the, you got to have that balance uh, and exercise. I just want to say this. Exercising is very important for everything we just talked about to keep you, you know, mentally and spiritually and physically uh, tuned up. Right. Thank you for that answer. And the last question I want to ask you, I asked you specifically about your advice for young men in America. I want to ask you, what's your advice for just all people um, yeah. on how to live their lives, on how to get through challenges, on how to really just keep their head up? Well, let's say young ladies, first of all, young ladies need to understand their value and worth. Oftentimes I look at a gal and say, you are so beautiful. And she goes, thank you. And I go, but do you know your value? Do you know and understand how valuable you are? Because those are two different things. Beauty can fade. Value does not. And I think young ladies have to uh, get out of this worldly culture concept that what they bring to the table is boobs and a booty. And it's right. like, Hey, please get beyond that. Uh, God made you intelligent personality value of worth, see yourself, and then do not let young men or older men manipulate you into compromising anything you stand for. Yeah. This, the other thing for young ladies is you're the one that controls the power. Young ladies need to understand you're the reason why we as men will slay dragons, swim oceans, climb mountains, and take out the garbage, right? It's for them to win their heart. So let men pursue you. It's it's painfully obvious when a girl's insecure and she's somewhere, you just look at her, even online, that she's saying, I'm insecure. And it doesn't matter if they're young or older. It doesn't matter if they're beautiful models. Well, it doesn't matter. They're, they're telling you, I'm insecure. I need affirmation. That is something my wife never put out a vibe on. And that's what was so attractive because I saw so many of the other guys. So be comfortable. See yourself. And then I would say for older folks, listen, it's, it's, uh, we owe an apology to the younger generation for letting a lot of things slip and not thinking, it would be as bad as it is right now. And I would say this, uh, we, we have to get away from calling snowflakes, snowflakes, you know, teasing on trans people um, and, and stuff. Now, if anyone has the intention to hurt, abuse, or, you know, expose children, then you're going to pay a hefty price, right. both in justice and society. So, but I'm just talking about, we as an older generation need to realize how many hurt and broken young people there are that are really doing 
whatever they think they should. And it, it doesn't, it doesn't help to get angry at them, but it does help to love them. I'll give you one example. In New York City, it was one of those huge, it was during Antifa and all that, one of those huge protests against statues, right? Yeah. And cops were everywhere. And me and some of my team members were, we were in New York doing something, but I saw a main group just, yeah, it was intense. So me and my dog, it was that night, walked right in the middle of the whole group. We found like some of the leaders and they were kind of just sitting on the ground. So we sat right next to them, said, Hey, they're like, here I am, this white dude with a canine. They're like, who are you? What are you? I said, well, let me ask who are y'all? What's going on here? They're like, well, we're protesting the statue. I go, what is it? They couldn't even tell you what it was. Just, they didn't know where it was. Yeah. I said, well, man, I said, I like y'all's moxie. I mean, this is y'all are committed. This is pretty cool. And then I told them what I did and how I helped children who've been abused uh, by terrorists and trauma. And, and and I started sharing a little bit of my life story. And all of a sudden, guess what? They weren't even interested in everything. They were just focused on me. And, yeah. and I just said, you know what? You guys, if your energy was directed at a greater good than just the thought of tearing down a stud, I said, really, kids who been abused struggling need help now all over why don't you think about that with your future and i think i read some hearts that night versus just cause more animosity yeah well thank you for that answer and thank you for all the answers you've given me and thank you for the, all, all that you do um this was an honor to be able to talk with you today and i i hope that i can talk to you again soon but thank you so much for i look forward i look forward and you know what else um i think we'll put this on my podcast Really? We'll put your show on my podcast so people can get to know this young man. Thank you. Uh, who did an outstanding job of interviewing me. Chase, thank you for what you do. Stand fast. And know some of us old lions are here for you young lions. All right. Thank you so much. God bless you. God bless you too.